You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 38. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. everybody. It's Dr. Kieran here for another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I hope you'll help me welcome my special guest, Amanda Testa. I'll tell you a little bit about her. Amanda is a sex, love, and relationship expert and founder of Find Your Feminine Fire. A certified coach with the Tantric Institute for Integrated Sexuality, her methods bridge ancient tantric tools combined with the latest in neuroscience to help high-performing women ditch the guilt and unworthiness and embody confidence, radiance, and vitality in all areas of their lives. Amanda hosts the Find Your Feminine Fire podcast, where she and her guests talk sex, love, relationships, women's health, and all things that light us up from the inside out. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So excited to talk about this. The podcast launched in September, and we haven't tackled anything close to feminine fire. And I love how you talk about feminine fire, but first for everybody listening, what is feminine fire? Yes, this is a great question and one I love to talk about. And what I believe your feminine fire is, is as women, we all have this powerful energy that's in us. And, you know, our modern day life is so busy, it really dulls that through always being in our heads, thinking about the a million things we have going on. And we really kind of forget to connect to that. It's that vibrant energy and this magnetism that we all have the capacity to have. And it's really that fuel you need to, you know, if you want to be creative for a project or if you want to, you know, really be in your body and be sensual and enjoy an intimate experience, or if your kid's having a meltdown and you need to tap into patients to take care of them, you know, it's really this fuel that we need to, to really live an optimal life, in my opinion. I love that. And when I hear find your feminine fire, I think of that fuel to, to lead your life in an optimal manner. And I, I feel it coming from the, the rooted in the pelvis, right? Yes, Where those, yes. the first and second chakras are and just a fire being lit where it's like that Agni fire that does fuel us. And you can try to manipulate your health mechanically, but if you don't have that vital life force that you're describing, you probably won't achieve optimum health. So I think we all really want to know how to fuel our feminine fire. Yes. You know, it's also called Shakti and yeah. it's just this beautiful magnetism, right? It's that vibrant health and that feeling of feeling so good and alive in your body and really you know, I feel when you unlock that, it's true. It just is so rooted in our, in our pelvis and this, in our womb or the energy of your womb. And this, you know, it's just this, once you activate it, it really can help all areas. And I've found, you know, from my own personal journey, it's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to this. 
because I had no clue about it. <laughs> so how did you get interested in focusing on this area? Yes. Well, for me, it's my, my daughter was around, she was a little after one years old at the time. And I remember I had, I thought I was doing all the right things for myself. You know, I was working out, I was eating well, I was involved in my community, but I still just felt something was missing. And I would wake up so resentful. I just remember feeling just when I would hear that first cry in the morning, just like, ugh you know, just so resentful. And I was kicking toys on my way to the bathroom, feeling like I'm the only one that does anything around here. And I just remember like tripping on my way to the bathroom and I got there and just looked in the mirror and thought, like, what happened to me? I don't even recognize the woman looking back at me. And I just knew in that moment that I could not live my life like that. And I decided I would just follow whatever paths came, whatever, you know, what is the word I'm looking for? Whatever pellets came across my path to, to help me find it. And one of those was this class I found online with my teacher. And I thought, hmm, I have no idea what this is, but it looks like it will spice things up in the bedroom. I'm sure that, that that's probably something that would help me out too. So I started working with my teacher and through this work, it was all around reconnecting to your sexuality and really learning to kind of heal after childbirth and Mm -hmm. Through her methods, she used some ancient uh, Taoist tools and philosophies. But what I really found was that it had zero to do with sex and everything to do with my own energy and feeling good in my body and loving myself and accepting all the parts of me. And I just was so transformed afterwards. And it was incredibly healing as well because I have suffered sexual, sexual trauma in college and I went to therapy for over seven years and that helped so much, but there was such a deeper level of healing that happened. And after this work, I just realized women all over the world need to know this. So I'm going to make it my mission to share. And that's how I came upon it. So, Well, I, I love that you did. And I, I love how you said that it's so much more than sex. Yeah. It's not just about sex. And one thing that I really try to help people, women understand is that sex is about so much more than sex for women. 90% of our sexual response is actually in our, our brain, not in our genitals, as opposed to men, which typically are 10% of their brain, 90% of their genitals. Because of the difference with estrogen, testosterone, for one, those two hormones are so different, yes. just as different as the sexes are. Um, and, I, and also when they have, women have a lack of sex drive, the first thing they go to is, oh, it's my, it's my hormones, right? It's my estrogen excuse me, it's my testosterone, it's my progesterone. And it's usually got to do with that other hormone, which is cortisol, which I call king cortisol. Really, it's queen cortisol. And it's got to do with queen cortisol. And that has to do with this fire that you're talking about, which is our life force, because cortisol really determines our health. So I love that you help women understand that and really also come about it in a non-threatening way because some women are put off when you come with them with, oh, how to increase your sex drive. <laughs> but you come about it in a very holistic way, I think, that really speaks to people. And they can say, yeah, I want, I want my feminine to be on fire. You know, I want to have that feminine fire. So thank you for that. Yes. Well, I mean, I do. I see it all the time with my clients. They are just 
burning the candle at both ends. You know, on the outside, most of the time things look great and they are successful in their business and life may be looking great from the outside, but inside they really feel like they're kind of on survival mode and constantly running from one thing to the next and never able to feel like they don't even have an opportunity to breathe. And so it's really, you know, and they miss that connection to themselves and they miss that connection to their partner and they don't like rolling over at night and feeling like they got a roommate next to them, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I'd love if you could share with everyone, I know you have five, five easy steps to uh, find your feminine fire. If you could share that with everyone. Yes, I'm happy to. Okay. So the first thing is a fairly simple thing, but it's also very difficult for many women, which is really to focus on what you desire. Because so often we lose touch with what we even want. And for many women, they're like, well, I know I need something, but I have no clue what it is <laughs> because they're so busy taking care of everyone else and their business and their families and everything that it's just taking time to drop back in and connect to what is it that you really want. And, I, I love that. I can so yeah. identify with that. When I was at my worst, when I was so unhealthy and obese and had all kinds of illnesses, I had no idea what I wanted other than I wanted the pain to stop. But if someone had asked me, well, what did you want? What do you want? I wanted someone to come and fix it all and, and, you know, say, take time for yourself. And I always help people understand like, you're the one that has to take yourself on the bottom of your to-do list and put yourself on the top. Um, so I love that um, you start with what do you want? What do you desire? which yes. I believe desire is desire comes from of the father and that your desires are divinely given. Yes. They're of the father and that they want you as much as you want them. And it, it's so true. I so agree. They really are your connection to your intuition. You know, when you are, are following your desires, you are being led and it's reconnecting to those. And it's even can be as simple as just grabbing a pen and a piece of paper get your phone, put a timer for 10 minutes and just start writing. What do I want? And the 10 minutes is a good time period because sometimes it takes a while to really get to the root of what it is. And that's just a simple practice anyone could do. And then you can look at the list and I invite, advise you not to censor yourself. Just let it be a fun ex example. Let it be a fun experiment. Maybe you want to go to on a world trip for a year and just travel with your family or maybe you want to have a cup of coffee. I mean, whatever it is, just write it all down. And then you can look at that list and think, okay, well, here's some things that are actually doable. I can make these things happen. And that's just the easy starting point. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love that you say don't censor it. Because if you're everything that comes out on the paper, oh, I can't do that, or I can't have that, cut that off. You just got to be, and I say, I like to say, what do you love? Yes. I would love, what would you love? I, lo I would love, you know, to get a massage for two hours. <laughs> yes. So that's the first step. What yes. do you, what do you want? What do you desire? Mm -hmm. And then what? So number two is learning to reconnect to your sensuality. And this is one of my favorite things because it's so simple yet so powerful. And really our, basically all that means is connecting to our five senses. And this is something we can do no matter what we're doing, no matter how busy we are. We can just take a moment to drop in. Like, what am I smelling right now? What do I hear? 
-hmm. What do I see around me? You know, or even just like touching your hands together and just enjoying the, the sensations. And by doing this, you are again, just dropping into your body because that's one of the things as women, we're often so busy in our heads thinking about all our, that we have to do. And it makes it hard to just drop in and be present. And with this starting point of connecting to your senses and enjoying that, then you are able to be more present during all kinds of experiences. You know, if you want to be present with your children, or if you want to be intimate with your partner and really be able to drop into the experience, these, this is a good way to get your, your senses activated and ready. Right. And it's, it's so important because the, the body is really your subconscious mind, which runs the show. Exactly. And so if we're not paying attention to it, if we're not dropped into it and in tune with it, we can't feel our feelings. We can't know what we want. Exactly. We, we have trouble healing because being dropping in your body puts you in that parasympathetic state. So I love this step. Um, yes. Yeah. How do you like to recommend that people drop in their body if they haven't done it? Or what, what are your suggestions? Yes. I actually have one of my favorites is just to simply create a five senses ritual for yourself. And I love the word ritual because it just, you know, it's taking something and just making it a little more, having a little more intention around it. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it also, you know, takes kind of an esoteric concepts and brings it into the physical. So you can just gather things that you enjoy. You know, what are some things you love the taste of? Maybe it's chocolate, maybe it's strawberries. So have that handy. And then get something you love to smell, maybe an essential oil or some perfume, you know, and then what is, maybe there's a nice, if there's a soft blanket or something that you like to touch or, you know, even just your own fingers. And then I often say for sight, you can even get a mirror or just look around. It's something that you find beautiful to look at. And again, you can have some nice music to play and you can take a couple minutes with each sense and and just put on a timer in two minutes, you just focus on smelling and that's all you do. And it's amazing what you'll notice. It's just a meditation in itself of just tapping in and what are the different, you know, what are the different nuances of the smell and really being curious. And that's what I also invite is just to be curious about the experience. There's no right or wrong way to do it, but just notice how it feels for you to really hone in and focus on each one. Yeah. And I guess women could even keep a little kind of list if they get stressed out, their little list of sensory experiences, their go-tos when they find something that, that really helps them. I kind of have a mental checklist. Um, and for some reason, going uh, retail shopping, just walking up and down the aisles in a store, especially a big uh, like Bed Bath & Beyond where everything's so orderly and neat and beautiful. <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's a sensory experience for my eyes that's very calming. Mm-hmm. So what are some other things that uh, you might suggest for people? So another easy way is if you just take a walk and you can do the same thing on a walk and even, you know, even if you can only get out of the office for a couple minutes, you can literally just, all right, I'm going to just focus this block on what I smell. I'm going to focus this block on what I see. I'm going to focus this block on how it feels to step on the ground. You know, that kind of thing. It's just, you can really do it anytime when you're eating is another great example, Mm -hmm. you know, really taking time to enjoy all of the aspects of the meal, like looking at the food and the different textures and how they, how they feel to touch and, you know, really taking the time to taste 
what the food tastes like. Again, so many times, like we're just shoving it in before the next thing. So what you're really talking about is mindfulness almost. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very much so. It's definitely a big part of it. Yes, I love that. And being really present. And so then what's the next step? And so then I love getting in touch with our body. Like the sensuality is a beautiful doorway into really connecting with your body. And again, as I mentioned before, we are so task focused so often as women. The the to-do list never ends. And so this is just a great, you know, and the decision fatigue that comes with that, right? (laughs) By the end of the day, people are like, I'm done. No more decisions for me. And, you know, I heard a great um, discussion about the to-do list earlier today, actually, that I want to share because it's yes. so important. And uh, it was the guy, he wrote a book called The One Thing. I believe it's been a bestseller worldwide. And he talked about the to-do list being the survival list. And if you live off the survival list, all you will ever do is survive. And I thought he said it better than anyone I had ever heard. And he said that your one thing list, the one thing that's most important to you personally that you're going to take care of today is your is your passion list. It's your success list. It's where your success lives. Anyway, I just that just stuck in my mind from this morning and I just wanted to share that. So Please go. Oh, I love that. And that, that so connects to the, the desire list too. It's like when you are connected to what you want, you're so driven by that versus the survival and reaction. So I think yes. that's beautiful. So, so you were saying step three. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the, the, the three is really getting into your body and one, and as you mentioned before, you are right. Our body is so important at, at talking to us. And when we can understand what it's saying, we are so much more apt to listen before it starts screaming through illness or something else that can come along. And so many times women are like, well, I don't understand what that means. So the simplest way I know to share this is through something that I like to call body meditation. And it's very simple, but literally it is, you can just close your eyes and just start to scan your body. Start at the top of your head and just slowly scanning down and you just say out loud, whatever sensations that you feel. So maybe you're like, my neck muscle feels tight, or I feel a tightness in my chest, or there's a tingling in my right pinky, or whatever it is. And when you speak it out loud, too, that connects different parts of the brain. So you're really Mm -hmm. bringing everything online. So I love that. I was just doing it with you. Yeah. So yeah, I love that body scan. And I love that added benefit of speaking it out loud because then you do activate different verbal centers, um, the speaking center versus just thinking it. uh, And that really does put you in tune with uh, what's going on in your body. And I think sometimes for people, meditation can be challenging because maybe they have too many things to think about. And it's just a really good way to keep your focus on You're just really feeling for what your sensations are and then speaking them out loud. And so it's just a very simple thing to focus on too. Body meditation. Love it. Yes. 
And then what? So, and then the next step, this is one I love. And this is all around really starting a love affair with yourself, which kind of can sound kind of corny, but it's really powerful when you, because so many times we're looking for people in our lives to give us things that we want. You know, maybe we put a lot of pressure on our partner to give us certain things. And oftentimes if we dig deep, we can realize maybe that's just something we're not giving to ourselves. I think you're probably right more often than not. And, you know, energetically, if we're not giving it to ourselves, then we're not able to receive it from ourselves or anyone else. And so it's almost like we have to be able to give it to ourselves in order to receive it. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe not. It totally makes sense. And <laughs> another thing when you, what I love to teach in this, in this area is to really kind of feeling into your body. I love working with the body mind because I do feel it's so powerful, but you can kind of, if you notice, if you feel into your body, where may the most empowered part of you live? And for many women, maybe it's their heart. And for some reason, for me, it feels like in the back of my, like in the upper back part of my back, like maybe where wings would be if I had wings, ah. but I just, so it's, it's fun when you can start to connect to this. So if I was the most empowered version of myself, how would I treat myself? Yeah. You know, what would I do for myself on a daily basis? How would I show love to myself? And it's, you know, and it's just the little things and noticing how you speak to yourself and how you get dressed. I mean, how do you take a shower? And do you, you can use that as an opportunity again to drop in and enjoy the experience. Like, what are you smelling? How nice is that warm water? You know, really luxuriating in the experience versus, all right, quick, quick, done, done. And like slapping on the lotion versus like, could you give yourself a sensual massage while you put your lotion on? Can you really admire the beauty of your unique features when you put your makeup on? You know, all those little things. Add yeah. up over time because I feel, you know, that, that self-love piece is a huge part of, of the feminine fire and really giving yourself what you need. I, I love, I love this. I just can't even tell you how much I love it. <laughs> I love this because we women need this, especially if we have health challenges and there's way more to healing yourself than I can teach someone in a, a standard encounter with a one-on-one -on -one or group clients. Although in my groups, that's what I love is because I can put so much content and uh, put it in my portal online, which makes it easier for people to consume it at their own pace. But what you're saying it's so important. A love affair with yourself. That song that Whitney's so famous for, you know, the greatest love of all is happening yes. to me. You know, it's so true that that really is, is the greatest love is, is appreciating yourself and loving yourself and giving yourself everything that you could want from somebody else. And then when other people give it to you, it's just icing on the cake. It's not the cake. Right. And then you don't have to have it. You just, <laughs> can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that el eliminates all those kind of codependent dynamics in relationships where we're kind of pulling on each other and need people to be a certain way so we can be okay. It's so true. And, and I know for the women out there that may think, well, that might be easy for you, but that is really hard for me. And I could just, I just for them, I want to say, because I know in my own experience, I battled eating disorders for years and I truly hated looking at myself. Like I could not stand it. So but it started small, you know, like doing these little things, just trying to talk to myself more lovingly, finding something I appreciated when I looked in the mirror. It was the smallest thing. 
and then building on that, right? So it's possible for anyone. And I think it's true. And, and I guess when, when we do talk about it as kind of, oh, this is just a fact, it sounds like it's easy for us. So I want to share too how hard it is for me. And there's some days where I embody that fully. And there are other days like yesterday where I just, I couldn't even look in the mirror because I was, I was feeling such disgust for myself. And it, it really is, it's a, I always say health is a journey and that self-love when you're taught as, or you're not taught as a child, your divinity and your greatness and how worthy and valuable you are, then it becomes a, a lifelong uh, journey to learn that. And sometimes I do it better than others. Uh, but I, I try to have people in my life who can help remind me of those things. And I've also developed practices of actually talking to myself and my inner children yes. and, and loving them because they're still there with their consciousness, their little baby girl consciousness that didn't get what they needed growing up. And so I try to be there for them. And um, we're going to have in the podcast, actually, Margaret Paul's going to come on and she talks about inner bonding. So if this is something, if you're listening, that is interesting to you, you'll want to listen up. But it, it is, it's a challenge, I think, for all women. That's just my observation. Yeah. And it's true. And it's that process of learning to love all these pieces of you, the inner child pieces. And, and the more you kind of work with the empowered part, the more it's easy to love all those other parts. And you see when you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, whatever it might come out, then you realize you're like, okay, I appreciate you're feeling that way. We know that's not true, but it's okay to feel that way right now. And then you can have the empowered part come out and like love on it. And so it does. It's a, it sounds silly, but it's so powerful. It really is. And it's amazing. I love your wings that you feel like the most powerful part is here because that's where wings would be. I really like that. And it's almost like it's coming out of the back of your heart yes. here, mm -hmm. but it's almost like an empowered heart. I would have my wings start up at the heart, but then it would come down to the back of the solar plexus, right? Mm -hmm. It'd be really big wings. <laughs> yes. And it's different for everyone. So it's just kind of a fun thing to, to play with for yourself. Yeah. I love that. And so what's number, what's the last step? We're on five, right? Yes. Yes. So we alluded to this before, but the fifth step is giving yourself permission to feel like every emotion. They're all amazing. And the more you can embody all those different emotions, mm -hmm. the more you're going to have the pleasurable ones right? You have to give space for the disgust and the fear and the anger and the rage, as well as the joy and the expansion, all of it. Feel and so, all of them. Yes. Which is not easy for some. I get it. Will we yeah. Get it I mean, as women, we've been trained, a lot of us have been trained that certain emotions are okay and certain aren't. I, I'm sure we all know some women who never get angry. You've never seen them angry. Well, that's just not normal or healthy. <laughs> You've got to, to feel it. Now, you don't have to be a rager, but you've got to be able to express it because anger is about boundaries and it helps yes. you define what you want and don't want, what you will put up with, what you won't put up with. And um, I'm sure some of us know people who never cry. I never feel sadness and grief. You've got to feel that. Yes. And I love the truth that 
if you don't feel the depth of the motions, you will never be able to experience the height to which you can fly with them. Exactly. And I love, you know, I love to kind of, when I work with clients, often we'll do an exercise where they'll really embody that rage or whatever it is. And then we'll really embody what it feels like to feel joy and realizing that you can bring those together. It's all just, it's all just energy and giving yourself time and space. Cause again, for the women who maybe they just bottle it all up and instead they got in a fight with their husband that morning. And then mm-hmm. instead of like letting it out, maybe then their kid is late for school and they're like, get in the car, you know, <laughs> letting it out on someone else or something yeah. else. And it's really allowing yourself regular times to experience your emotions. You know, even if it's just, all right, I'm going to drive in the car. After I drop my kid off, I'm going to like rage for two minutes to a song and just like scream at the top of my lungs. That's one of my favorites because when you're driving down the road, no one's really paying attention to you screaming (laughs) and you're not scaring the neighbors or anything like that. Oh, the car is the best place to scream. (laughs) Nobody gets scared. Nobody gets mad. So, but it's like giving yourself those regular times so you can express it so it's not all bottled up. Yeah, and I, I think with the um, work by Jill Bolte-Taylor, who wrote A Stroke of Insight after she had her stroke, and the work of Candace Hurt, Molecules of Emotion, where they've really shown in the research that emotions only take 90 seconds to move through your body. They are just neurologic outputs. But mm-hmm. if you allow them to flow, they come and go in 90 seconds. But when you don't allow them, they stay and all those horrible feelings that we don't like to feel, clenched stomach, burning face, tight muscles, then stays with us. And so if we can learn to just lean into it and just let it flow through us, like any other energy, like, oh, I'm hungry. We don't go, oh, I don't want to be hungry. I don't want to feel that. (laughs) Go and eat. Yes, exactly. So true. Yeah, so I I love that. But do you find that for a lot of people, I know I don't own a TV, I don't watch TV. And every now and then I'll watch something on Netflix and and my friend had recommended a show, which I won't say what it was because it kind of horrified me. And I started watching it and the things that were happening in there, I, I literally have had nightmares for several nights because I said, I can't watch this. But I, I, I think about people who watch this stuff all the time, SVU and these kinds of things. And they're watching people have horrible things done to them. And when you're witnessing that, your body doesn't know the difference between it actually happening or you watching a TV show or a movie. And so those feelings are in your body. And I just, I wonder what that's doing to our health. I'll have to look up the research on that. Yeah. Well, I actually, there's a good documentary. I do not know if you've seen it. It's called The Mask We Live In. No. But really it's around how boys are conditioned and how like the messages that they receive, they kind of grow up thinking their only appropriate expression of emotion is anger. And so, but it also, it talks about how all these video games and like violent TV shows affect the brain and how, you know, it kind of desensitizes Mm -hmm. uh, violence, which is why, unfortunately, you know, like 98%, I think of violent acts are committed by males because of this conditioning. But, you know, it's true for anyone. You're right. Your body doesn't know the difference. And so I don't know the research around like statistically with the TV, but that was a good documentary that kind of addressed 
a lot of this conditioning and how it affects, you know, because women have certain conditioning. We all, you know, have messages yes. that we receive coming along and it does stay in our bodies. And, you know, we have to work through that sometimes, you know, and even if it's around, you know, a lot of this too with the feminine fire is overcoming a lot of shame and guilt around being, you know, being sexual and allowing that part of ourselves to flourish because it's a something as many women, it's conditioned that it's unsafe or that you're going to go to hell or that you're going to get raped or you're going to be called a slut. Mm -hmm. And then even though they know that's not true deep in their body, there's still that fear. And so that can show up, you know, in all kinds of ways. So how do you help? Because a lot of women do have that kind of, I'll say prudish mentality for lack of a better word. How do you help them move through that? Well, for, I usually, there's many different methods, but one that I feel is really powerful is, is it's rewriting your sexual narrative, basically. So if you kind of go back and think as far back as you can remember, what were the first messages you got coming along around sex or sexuality? And were they positive or were they negative? And kind of just the more you think about what did you learn coming along? What were, how did you learn about sex? Was it something that your, your parents taught you? Was it something that you learned through, you know, exploring? Was it something that you learned through porn? You know, whatever it is, it's like kind of really learn, like taking a look at that. And is that the truth of what I want my sexual life to be like or not? And so then you alternatively, like, what do I want my, what do I want my sexuality to be like? How would my ideal sex like life look? What would it look like if I lived in a society where everyone praised women for being beautifully radiant and orgasmic? Like, what would that look like? And people, then you can start to think, well, maybe there wouldn't be so much shame around it. Maybe I could talk about it more openly with, you know, with my partner and all these things. And you can start to rewire what you want. And when you notice and experiences, if you have that coming up, then you can, you know, there's ways that you can kind of teach yourself to slow down, reconnect, like connect mm -hmm. to that part that you want, and then, you know, kind of return to intimacy once you've reconnected to the, the emotions and the feelings that you want. And also knowing that it's not a linear path, right? It's, there's, the, the journey is ever evolving, Yes. So I love you that you help them look at their blueprint that they got as to why they are the way they are. And then you can just, you can get, do it differently. You can make a different choice and say, well, I don't, I don't want that. Um, and, and it is, it, it is a journey. It is a journey. I, I'm very grateful that I didn't, I didn't have a lot of shaming messages put in my mind about um, sexuality, sensuality, uh, and I, I do see people struggle with it. And so I think that something like what you're talking about, the feminine fire really helps people tap into their sensuality, which is the healthy side of sexuality, because we can use our sexuality in a, in a, in a not uh, positive aspect as well, I think. Right. And that can show up too, is just being overly sexual when it doesn't feel authentic to you. Like maybe you just think you should look this way or you allow yourself or you're extra promiscuous. You know, that's kind of the shadow side when it's not coming from a place of authenticity that you're enjoying it. You're just, again, there's that part of you that is needing something or not getting fed. That's the porn star side. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I love this. So 
tell tell us more about where we can find out more because you are just a, a wealth of information and you have important information and I'm I'm hoping that you offer online courses. Yes, well you can find me at amandatested.com <laughs> yeah. and I actually have a great download kind of walking you through that sensuality ritual I talked about earlier if you're interested. Uh-huh. It's amandatested.com slash sensuality. And there you can, I also have how you can, you know, learn more about working with me. And I do also work one-on-one and in groups and do some online things as well. So you can get all that good information as well as you mentioned before my podcast, Find Your Feminine Fire podcast. So those are the places you can find me. Great, Amanda. Thank you so much. And I'd love to end the episode by asking you your top three take action tips, although I think you've already gone over five. So do you just want to leave it at that? Yes, I think you can go back through and those are some great starting points. Great. We'll we'll leave that. And then the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Radio. I'd love it if you could share with everyone what Her Brilliant Health means to you. Mm, I think it means feeling whole, nourished, and radiantly alive in all areas of your body in your life. Beautiful. I love that. I felt that from my head to my toes. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you are inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.